Well, I want to share a message entitled The Church God Blesses Today from Acts chapter 11. You got your Bible turned to verse 19 of Acts chapter 11. If you've been here, you know we're working our way through the book of Acts. Last Sunday, we were in the first 18 verses of Acts 11, and uh, we were looking at uh, Peter and then spirit baptism last Sunday, uh, two kinds of baptism, water baptism. We'll do that uh, next Sunday, of course, but in every service, people are ready to do it. And then next Sunday night, uh, down on uh, the beach at Casino Beach, somebody said to me after service last Sunday, said, are you really going to baptize somebody at the casino? I said, at Casino Beach is the name of it. Not, we're not going to the casino, all right? Uh, but we'll be there at Casino Beach, ready to baptize. That's, sir, we have fun time at 4 o'clock, and then the service starts at 5, and uh, you be right there. And so Peter shared with us about water baptism, spirit baptism last Sunday. Then we come today uh, to the move of the Lord uh, from Jerusalem to Antioch, and we are reading in Acts chapter 11, beginning in verse 19, where we pick up the text right where we left off last Sunday, uh, after verse 18, and the Bible says, as you follow along, you listen, because this now is the word of our great God. Acts 11 and verse 19. So then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews alone. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus, that's the island out in the Mediterranean, and Cyrene, which is northern Africa, men that came from there. They came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. And the news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, and implied full of faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. And he, that is Barnabas, left Antioch for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Just raise your right hand for me, would you? You got that? The Bible says, the hand of the Lord was on them. You can drop your hand. The hand of the Lord, speaking of the presence of God. In verse 21, the hand of the Lord was with them. That's a church that God blesses. When the hand of God is on the church. We always want the hand of God to be on our fellowship. Amen? We certainly don't want God to withdraw his blessing from the church. But when his hand is on us, as Ezekiel said in Ezekiel 1, 3, in Ezekiel 37, verse 1, the old prophet said, the hand of the Lord was on me. Peter said in 1 Peter 5 and verse 6 that we should humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he would then exalt us in due time. But we come under the hand of God. Now I want to speak to you for a few minutes this morning 
about the blessing of God, the hand of God being on the local church and it being the church at Antioch. Now, the church was at Jerusalem, but then they are scattered. Stephen is martyred, and then they are scattered, and people began to come from varied places, as I said, from the island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean and from Cyrene in northern Africa. How in the world did they hear about the gospel in northern Africa? Well, you remember Philip attached himself to a chariot from an Ethiopian, and after he was taken away, the Ethiopian headed back. Where'd he go? <laughs> Africa. Probably that eunuch became an evangelist and shared the gospel. And people now from northern Africa, from the island, they are coming here to Antioch. Now, I know this was a Baptist church in Antioch. The reason I know, because three times it uses the word numbers. <laughs> Baptists count everything. All right? We don't just count who's here. We count who's not here. All right? We count them online, those that have been underlined. We count them all. Well, it, it says three different times, right, right here in verse 21, the hand of the Lord was in, and a large number turned unto the Lord. Verse 24, he was a good man, and they brought considerable numbers to the Lord. Verse 26, when they were first called Christians, they taught for an entire year considerable numbers. They didn't teach small numbers. They taught large numbers, considerable numbers. They were counting. What I'm telling you is that the church was Ant at Antioch was growing. It was growing. It was growing. Now, I'm not telling you that just because the church has less people in it that it means the hand of God is from it. Sometimes there are circumstances that causes a church. Matter of fact, sometimes the Lord prunes the church. But throughout its history, the church is growing and going because it's alive, like branches attached to the vine, and the fruit is coming if the hand of God is on the church. What kind of church is it that God blesses? I want to show you four characteristics, give a gospel invitation, invite you to come to faith in Christ today, ask you to come and say yes unto King Jesus. What marks a church that is blessed? How do we know the hand of God is on a church? Let me tell you four things that I see out of this text. Number one, uh, the church God blesses is a church where Jesus, where Jesus is proclaimed. Notice in verse 20 that these men of Cyprus and Cyrene who came to Antioch, they began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching, caruso, preaching the Lord Jesus. They had one message, one message. They were preaching Jesus the Christ. He is the sinless Jesus, the crucified Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. That is the gospel. The gospel is a person. It is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 21, uh, we found her in verse 20, they were proclaiming Jesus and the hand of the Lord was on them. Jesus said himself in Matthew 18 and verse number 11, as Matthew recorded it, the Son of Man has come. He's come for one reason, to save that which was lost. Over in John's gospel, we find him saying the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus 
is in the sinner-finding, sinner-saving business. That's the business that he is in, and that's the business the church is in if it's a blessed church. We must be sharing Christ. As we go and as we gather, we are to be a church where Jesus is proclaimed. Not just from this pulpit. It must be proclaimed from where you live and where you walk and where you work as well as where you worship. Telling the gospel story. So a church that is blessed is a church that makes much of Jesus, where Jesus is proclaimed on Sunday as well as Tuesday and Friday afternoon. We must be sharing Christ. I had the joy this past week, I was invited to come over to the Fellowship Christian Athletes meeting, Pace High School, Friday morning, and share with a room full uh, of young people on the high school campus. Uh, you know, it's an amazing day that you can get on a high school campus and use the name of Jesus. Uh, it doesn't happen a whole lot, but this, of course, before church, and uh, I mean before class, and I was there having church, and uh, I asked those students, matter of fact, I used some of this text uh, right here with them, I asked a senior and a junior and a sophomore to stand and give their testimony, and I said, I got all day if y'all want to miss first period, but I'm going to wait on you, and senior and a junior, and then finally I got a sophomore to stand up. That sophomore works for us here at the church. I thought, man, you ought to have been the first one on your feet, all right? <laughs> Do you know how difficult it is for those young people to stand among their peer group? But thank God they did. And I challenge you that you'd stand among your peer group and that you'd share Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen? The church that is blessed is a church where Jesus is proclaimed, the sinless Christ, the crucified Christ, the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. We preach about a lot of things, but it all comes back to Calvary, all comes back to the cross. That's why that cross is there. It all comes back to Jesus. The church that God blesses is a church where Jesus is proclaimed. Secondly, the church that God blesses is a church where everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. In verse 19, it says that that group that came down from Jerusalem were preaching only to the Jews, only to the Jews. But then this radical bunch from Cyprus and Cyrene, they preached to the Greeks also. If you want to see lightning in a bottle, put Jews and Greeks together. And preach Jesus to both. They hated each other. They had nothing to do with one another. They were separated. But you see, the church that is blessed of God is a church where everyone is welcome. The Bible said that a large number believed and turned in repentance to the Lord. Friend, everybody's welcome. I ain't got all day. Everybody's welcome. The Bible says in Revelation chapter, nine, chapter 5 in verse number 9, they sang a new song, and this is what they were saying, Worthy are you to take the book and break its seals, for you were purchased for God with your own blood, men from where? Every tribe, every tongue, every people, in every nation. Well, let me tell you, if every tribe and every tongue, every people and every nation are going to be with us in heaven, you bless God better get ready to get along with them down here. You got to invite everybody. 
And let me tell you, Olive, if we ever get to the place that there is any kind of person that wants Christ that we say is not welcome in this place, the hand of God comes off of the church. We are in the whosoever will business. Anybody's welcome to come. You, you know, in different generations, there are heinous sins that the church has really struggled with. I remember hearing my granddaddy tell me about some friends of his that were churched. Now, that was a word back in the old days that you get kicked out of the church. And they call it, we just churched him. He got out. They told him he couldn't come back. Now, the reason he was churched is because he went to a dance on Saturday night. That was the heinous sin. Move forward, dancing was okay, but then alcohol became a problem. If you were a drinker, you'd be churched. Then as I was a little boy, racism was the heinous sin. That that we struggled through was black and white. The sin we struggle with in the church today is sex abuse. Now I want you to turn your ears on, turn your phone off, and I want you to look right here at me. I don't mind being quoted, but don't misquote me. If an abuser comes to Jesus, the blood cleanses his or her sin. Does that mean they, they don't just go, they got to repent. There's got to be restitution. There's a lot of things have to go. But let me tell you, when they come to Christ, Jesus, if he can take the moral factor and forgive his sin, his blood, he can cleanse the abuser. If he can cleanse the murderer of Saul becoming the apostle Paul, he can take care of the abuser. So, preacher, that's just cheap talk. No, it's not cheap talk. That's the man that I told you about years ago over in the old building. And we built this building who came. My God, I'll never forget him. He'd been in prison 10 years for child abuse. There are different kinds of sex abuse. He had abused children. He came and shook my hand. He said, Pastor, can I come to church? He said, all I want to do is sit on the back row. He could not go to the children's building. He knew he couldn't go. We told him he couldn't go. Built boundaries around all that. He served as an usher just a little bit, but mostly he just came to church. And when he got ready to leave this church, he had been here for years, he came to my office and washed my feet. I'll never forget it. After he washed my feet, he climbed up in my lap and he cried hot tears on my neck and down my shirt. He put his arms around me and he said, Pastor, thank you for letting me come. My God. If we ever get to the place that we tell a sinner that wants to repent that there's no place for them, the hand of God comes off of us. 
If we won't call sex abuse sin, the hand of God will come off of us. If we won't deal with the sin when it comes, the hand of God. But I'm telling you, when that man or woman comes in repentance and change, the only people we have to receive are the ones Jesus receives. When he tells them no, you can tell them no. But when he says yes, you better get your arms. Come ye sinners, poor and needy. Mm. There's something about the arms in that song. You find 10,000 charms. That's quite a bracelet. Ah, Jesus. Church, we must receive those that Jesus receives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. A church where Jesus is proclaimed, a church where everyone is welcome. Thirdly, the church God blesses is a church where members obey God. Hmm. In this text, I'm going to preach a whole message about Barnabas next Sunday, but just a little snippet today. We find Barnabas, Mr. Encourager, uh, revival broke out at Antioch, and a bunch up at Jerusalem said, that Barnabas, go down there and check that out and see if it's really of God. And so Barnabas goes down to Antioch, and, and when he comes, he sees the grace of God. That's a great line. I'll talk to you about it next week. He saw the grace of God. He didn't just experience it, hear about it. He saw it. He witnessed it. And then he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. Hear me, when, when God finds a church where the membership will obey what the Holy Ghost tells them to do, the hand of God will be on us. Two things I want you to see. There are many things God will tell us. I want you to see two things in Barnabas' life. Number one, what he told the people to do, he told them to cleave to the Lord. Cleave to the Lord. Notice it. He says right there in verse 23, he began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. King James says he told them to cleave, cleave, to stay with the Lord, to, to be glued to him and never back up. We must do that. We, we must cleave. We must obey. We must stay where God puts us. There is a, uh, a move affront today with our young generation trying to win their heart away from God there's the spirit of the atheist who says there is no God mm -hmm. some of our young people swallowing that hook line and sinker there's the spirit of the agnostic who says there might not be a God the humanist God help us with this crowd they said let's remove God from culture many are swallowing Pornography industry says sex is God. Financial industry, greed will say money is God. Some will have pride rise up and they'll say power is God. But here's what's still in our heart. The devil himself will say, be your own God. Be your own God. I was in line at the ball game yesterday, and there was a girl in front of me. She had a tattoo on her back, right shoulder blade. 
and she's right in front of me. It's written in script, and I don't know who did it, but they were, they were pretty good. They write better than I can. Now, I don't know why she chose this, but this is what she chose to have written on her body until, well, forever, I guess. I don't know if that ever goes away. This was her tattoo. She had been to the parlor, and this is what she told them to put on there. Don't forget to trust yourself. No, don't say amen. So I'm just walking in. I'm right behind her, and she's right here. She can't see it, but I can. (laughs) Don't forget to trust yourself. I had a buddy when I was. (laughs) My problem is I trust myself. I need to get over myself and trust the King of kings and Lord of lords. I need to run to Jesus. He's God. I'm not God. You're not God. Well, I understand. You know, on all. It's just a fault. Cleave to the Lord. Trust Him. That's when the hand of God is on your life. A church where members obey God, cleave to the Lord, but don't just cleave to the Lord. Secondly, leave on a mission. Leave, cleave to the Lord, then leave on a mission. You got something to do. Notice what it says in this text in verse 25, and he Barnabas, after he told them cleave to the Lord, he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. Saul been saved five years, and he was off uh, in the Arabian desert somewhere and up at Tarsus where he'd gotten saved. Barnabas didn't know exactly where he was, but he went to find him. The Bible says that he left to look, and when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch, and they taught a considerable number for a full year. Hallelujah. He was looking for Saul, and he found him and brought him to Antioch. Dear friend, the hand of God's going to be on this church when we learn to cleave to the Lord and walk with him, and then when we begin to leave and go on mission. Cleave to Christ, leave for mission. Cleave to Christ, leave for mission. That's what we do. You have your quiet time in the morning, you cleave to the Lord. You walk out the door and get in your car and go off to work, you're going on a mission. Wherever you go, there's folks there. And you share Christ with them. I have the joy and opportunity. People invite me to come, be in different places to preach, but I tell you what I really enjoy. I I like going places where people don't know me. Hmm. Somebody this week said, I bet you can't go anywhere in Pensacola where people don't know you. I said, well, you know, I I have some places. But I said, if it gets to the place where I can go somewhere and people don't know me, this church is in trouble. I sat last night at a football game next to a girl who didn't know me. Matter of fact, she is drunk. She had a beer in this hand, a beer in this hand. They called a penalty and something. She, I don't think she'd ever been to a football game. And she looked over at me and she said, what does that mean? And, and I'm like explaining the rules. I mean, she's right here. And she looked over at me and she said, you talk funny. 
That beer had her talking funny. She said, what's your name? Well, I thought, I don't know what I ought to tell her or not. I, I said, this shows up on Facebook. I'm in trouble. Because she is making pictures of everything. Now listen to me. When God puts you in situation, you got to get Jesus to the conversation. Huh? You, you just obey. If the Lord tells you to hush, you hush. But if he tells you to speak, you need to have something to say. All right? Cleave unto Jesus and leave on mission. That's what Barnabas did. He told them, stick with the Lord, cleave unto him, maintain your resolute heart, and then go on mission. And that's exactly what Barnabas was doing. That's a church where the hand of God blesses. A church where members obey God. And then number four, which is here very quickly, and I don't give a gospel invitation here, is the church that God blesses, a church where the city is impacted. The city is impacted. The Bible says that when he got, Barnabas got Saul back with him, they talked for a year, and they were first called Christians in Antioch. First time they used the word Christian. It was a nickname. It was not what they called themselves. This is what the city called the disciples. As a matter of fact, the scripture says the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. You'd think the word Christian would be used a lot because we use it all the time. It'd be in the Bible. It's only found in the Bible three different times. It's found right here. It's found in Acts 26 when uh, Paul was given the gospel and Agrippa said, so quickly you want me to become a Christian? And Paul said to him, well, I wish to God you were just like me except for these chains. And then Peter used it about persecution of Christians. The word's not used very much. It's, it's a word that was given to the church. The city saw the Christians, and they called them Christians. Why did they call them? Because as they saw them going everywhere, they said, these people are like that guy we crucified. They're always talking about the guy we crucified. The one they say, after he died, rose from the dead. These are Christians. The little Christs, this city ought to be saying about the members of Olive Baptist Church, those are Jesus people. Hey, I, I grew up in the late 60s, early 70s in the Jesus movement. They called us Jesus freaks. That was the word, Jesus freaks. Long-haired, big bell-bottom pants, and this right here. This was drawn, a hand was drawn like this at the Orchard Hills Baptist Church. I had the joy of being the pastor. I was not there when they drew it. But these, this was stuck all over cars everywhere you'd go. One way is what it meant. One way. And that was the way to Jesus. Jesus, one way. There is one way to get to God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. One way was drawn in Garland, Texas. And they said, where'd that come from? Jesus freaks, did it? They, they just sold out. They called them that. Well, in the first century, they called us Christians, Christians. In the 1600s, Oliver Cromwell was a general in England. 
They had a crisis, 1625, 1630. They could not find silver to make coins. And Cromwell sent soldiers throughout the country and said, go find silver. And they reported back and said, General, we only find silver in large quantities in one place. It is found in the cathedrals across England. He said, what? He said, in the statues of the saints, there is silver in large amounts. History records that Cromwell said, great, melt down the saints and put them into circulation. That's exactly what needs to happen at Olive Baptist Church. We need to melt down the saints and put us into circulation. We don't just come sit, look religious. May God melt our heart with the heat of his glory and send us into circulation so the city would say, there's a bunch of freaks over there at Olive. They're, they're, they're drunk on Jesus. Hallelujah. Boy, our culture needs a church like that. Down at the YMCA, we've got a great opportunity at the YMCA. Sean's been working on a lot of these issues, and he's just been praying for us, been coming to him. We've got an open door down at the Y. Matter of fact, the, we're going to host uh, this fall uh, a party uh, for uh, disabled children around the October 31 holiday season. And they come, and we have all of these kids here. The owner or the manager at the Y said, you do know what the C stands for in YMCA, don't you? We said, well, well, we know. We don't know if you know, but we know. <laughs> Christian. They were first called Christians at the YMCA. <laughs> the Christian, yes. And so put the gospel there. We got a call the other day from the FBI. Their organization wants us to help them with some things. It allows ministry opportunity. Now, when you go out of here, do not post that the FBI called Olive Baptist Church. <laughs> That's not right. I mean, it is right, but, but not for the reason that people would think. It's just an open door where, where we can do ministry. University of West Florida. Oh, thank God for the doors that are open there. And what we're seeing, 181 students this last Tuesday night uh, came. Hallelujah. Tim Hunter over there doing a great job preaching out here in the Corners building. We, we must scatter the gospel to the place where the city is impacted Escambia, Santa Rosa, into Alabama, into Walton County, all across this street. We must take the gospel downtown, out of town, uptown, everywhere to every county, we must take the gospel. That is the church God blesses. We must impact this city because one day we will give an account for the days that God gave us to be on witness, to be on point, to be on mission. In this place. Now this morning, I give two invitations. 
John's coming. We'll sing in a moment. But before we do that, before anybody moves or goes, the hand of the Lord. There's something about when somebody lays their hands on you to pray. And we've let COVID steal this. What I'd like you to do is, as I pray, I'd like you just to lay your hand over on the shoulder of the person maybe in front of you or beside you. You say, I don't even know them. Well, maybe just ask, is that okay? If they don't want you to, don't do it. You know, a friendly church gets to know the people around them. That's what we're to be. We're to know people that are here. We welcome folks so we get to know people. I had a man sit right here on his second row in the first service. I shared about welcoming people. He's a guest. He's out of town. It's his second week he's been here. He said, Pastor, I came back today because this place is so friendly. I said, well, amen. He said, I'm just here for a week or two. He says, as a matter of fact, last week was the first week I was here. Y'all were short. Some people, they asked me to take up the offering. They trusted me enough with the money later. I said, well, did you put anything? No, I, I didn't ask him that. I, I said, so they put you to work. He said, yeah, man, I just felt like I was a part. Church, we must work at that. You know, the larger your church gets, the harder it is. So just get to know the people around you. So this would be a good way. After church is over today, you may introduce yourself to somebody that you're about to pray for. So you may have to scoot over or whatever, you know. But just take a moment right now. Just lay your hands maybe over on the shoulder of somebody next to you and pray for it. Pray for them right now. Just ask the favor of God. Nobody's close to you. It's okay. You can pray for yourself. But, but if there's somebody there, you might have to scoot over a little bit. Just lay your hand on their shoulder. Ask for the favor of God to be on them. And I'm going to pray. And after I pray, we'll say amen. And after the amen, we'll give the come forward invitation. And you'll step out and come to Christ. Come to the church. Now pray one for another. Just do it right now. Amen. Father, I ask you that you'd lay your hand on Olive Church. Thank you that you have blessed us. I pray that, God, we would live in such a way that you, you'd give us a double portion. I pray, Lord, today people come to you. Pray to be saved, join this church, come for baptism. But more than anything, they come to Jesus. Help us love one another and make welcome those around us. Oh God, touch our city. Take the oldest city in America and help us touch it with the gospel. God, we love you. In Jesus' name.